that's no moon. It's a space station. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. So we have chosen a winner for the free conference ticket for Rebels of Disclosure 2024. As you know, you had to be a Patreon member to enter to win. And we have done a random number generator selector. And unfortunately, the person who won does not is not signed up under their last name. So Brenda, if your name is Brenda and you're a Patreon member, you have won a ticket to the Rebels of Disclosure conference in 2024. And you will be receiving an email, or you should have received an email by the time you're listening to this. And please let us know if you got the email. Congratulations. We hope to see you there. Yeah. Yeah. And um, we have a new promo code for the Hopewell Farm CBD that lasts until December 3rd. It's kind of like a Black Friday promo. You get 15% off all CBD products with promo code JTTTHANKS. And like I said, that lasts through December 3rd. That's a great deal. Their products are incredible. I was just with Eric at the XCon conference in Springfield, Missouri, and he was there with some of his products, and everyone loves them. And uh, I highly recommend the CBD. Just a little testimony here. My dog um, struggles with pain and some other issues, and I've tried four different types of CBD for her, and Hopewell Farm CBD is the most potent and effective, uh, among like far past the other ones that I've used. So there you go. If you if you need it for your dog or yourself, I highly recommend it. That being said, tonight we are joined by Sarah Breskman Cosme. Many of you may know her already. She's a a level three practitioner of Dolores Cannon QHHT and an author, among many other things. I actually saw you speak at the Sunfire Festival, but I'd never got a chance to talk to you. There was a line so long after the, your your talk. I you know, I didn't have time to wait in the line and I missed you, but it was an incredible presentation and I'm excited to dive into some of the stuff that's coming through your sessions. So welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So Thank you. Well, let's just jump right in. Um, obviously, we all know like the stuff that comes through these sessions is sometimes profound. Um, it's next level. It's like some lost knowledge being like resurfacing, basically being unlocked in some in many cases or a lot of suppressed knowledge is finally just you know coming to the surface so is there anything in particular that's been coming through lately that is of importance that you think like humanity should know or do you see a theme from you know client to client you know i don't think that there's any way that humanity or anyone in fact could get this life wrong because we each come in with different lessons that we want to learn and there's no like time limit. You know how some people say, oh, you better hurry up. You better get this lesson right now. It sure doesn't seem to be that way. When I talk to the higher selves, they always tell my clients, you know, um, whatever happens to you happens for a reason. And it's all about the experience and learning lessons. But what I do find kind of interesting is people ask me about the future and according to um, the higher self, there seems to be uh, three major timelines for the future of humanity. So basically how they explain the future and what has been coming through in multiple sessions right now is that 
everyone has a timeline based on what they believe. So they're in their very inherent beliefs are basically what creates the reality. So you see reality through your eyes. It goes into your pineal gland and it works with your own belief system to render your reality. That's why certain extraterrestrials can look different to people according to what reality they render. But right now everyone has like a, um, a future potential. But what the higher self said is that we are about to hit some sort of a nexus point. Now, this isn't a scary thing. This just means that it's predicted for the timelines to merge for a little bit. So once we hit this nexus point, the timelines seem to merge into three distinct timelines. And those three seem to be like this. So there's like the very highest timeline, which, oh my gosh, I really hope I'm on that one. Because mm -hmm. according to um, the higher self, that's the timeline where people start speaking telepathically with one another. Um, extraterrestrials come and help humanity clean up our oceans. We develop so many different ways to teach our kids. We really become this new human race that is so loving, kind of like um, some of the very ancient societies. The middle timeline, according to the higher self, goes along the gray extraterrestrial timeline where humanity evolves too far with their technology and they eventually lose their planet and then have to do this again where they jump universes just like the gray extraterrestrials did and try to find a viable source to recreate themselves once again like the gray extraterrestrials did um the reason why this is the middle timeline the higher self has said because the grays were advanced when they jumped universes into our universe Sorry to be too confusing. I'm just telling you what they said. Then I'm the very lowest, very lowest yeah. timeline ends. So according to the contract for this realm, this planet, it ends. Um, people that are still wanting to experience a duality of this magnitude where that negative timeline is very dualistic will be kind of, their soul will be transferred to another realm. There's so many earth planets and other realms where you can experience this kind of um, duality. But the trajectory of this planet is actually in alignment with moving up in its trajectory. So it's becoming more of a light planet. And most of the light workers are placed in the middle timeline to push people up to the highest timeline. So they have no idea what their um, purposes in this lifetime, but a lot of times the higher self will say they're here for this shift in consciousness because they're going to help people move up to the highest timeline. So the higher self has always said, you know, it's one thing to raise your frequency. That's great and everything, but it's more helpful if you start to raise your belief system where you analyze your beliefs and you look back on all the, um, the past teachers that you've had and you see how you are taught so many things that don't serve you anymore. As we move into this new um, evolution of consciousness, the higher self has said, it's really time to start focusing on what you want to believe is true. And you literally can create your own reality. But also humanity is actually in alignment, like I was saying. So humanity, each person is tethered to a star, which is a portal. So if you look up at the stars and you feel really drawn to a star, those stars are not actually stars. 
they're actually portals and that's the originating place where people entered into this universe so humanity's stars go in like a wave like motion almost like a snake so they go up if you're they're going up they're in they're reaching up to a very beautiful golden age. When they go down below the galactic plane, you go into a more negative experience with the collective. Well, we are actually in alignment. All 13 of our stars are in alignment to experience this golden age because they're moving up above the galactic plane. So no matter what anyone does to try to ruin this awakening of consciousness, it's fully in alignment and you can't really get rid of that. It's happening regardless of what people try to do. So that's basically in a nutshell what I've been hearing recently. Well, that was beautifully summed up. That is fantastic. And for the record, it was not confusing. They actually did a great job of explaining it. And especially our audience, we understand the timelines and it's interesting, the three timelines, that's the second time this, that's come up recently you know, of course, we're in the middle where we're paying taxes, you know, but uh, right. uh, I th I think what's interesting about the stars being each tethered to a star, you said there are 13 stars. Now, obviously, there's more than 13 stars. So I'm assuming you mean there's like 13 main origin stars where the human race right. comes from? There are, according to the higher self, there are 13 originating star, I don't know if they're star clusters, that's where we originated because humans are not really from this earth there's a reason why we have to wear clothes why we are not like a you know an animal you know in a sense we're not from here we've been grown here we've been brought here and we're here almost like this experiment but really if you look at anyone's iris if you go up to the mirror and you look at your iris you'll see all these rings around your iris well your iris shows the blueprint of your soul of all the places your soul has been and you can use these different clues like if there's like a circle around your pupil or even the color of your eyes to just start asking questions and try to figure out where your soul comes from and really follow that back if you want to do that intuitively or you know through a session and really see who you really are because we're all part of this galactic grouping of beings like we're all part of it every single person here is yeah uh, absolutely i agree absolutely. i've never heard that about the eye like being able to like look into it and trace it back well you have brown eyes right brown eyes yeah and they've actually changed colors since i've been a child actually um it's interesting well, how did they Underneath. change color um i had this uh session where i had this um thing that had been assigned to me that's for my whole entire life to basically keep me from remembering who I was and it was just just beautiful moment where this thing finally left and like after I was at a conference actually at East Eddie Ranch and and after that session I didn't know they changed everyone told me like and, and these people weren't talking they were looking at me you're like your eyes change colors and certainly they have like they've gotten lighter a lot lighter after that which I found interesting that, see, that's a perfect example. Your eyes do change color as to what kind of um, influence you have on your spiritual path. In general, people, this is super, super general. It might not fit everyone, but most people with brown, very dark brown, brown eyes have spent a lot of time reincarnating 
on earth, or they come from an originating place that's far from the sun, or they're bringing information down into the earth plane, sometimes into the inner earth. People that do experience their eye color changing, there's many different reasons for that. Sometimes if they become lighter and you start to see these like yellow streaks in your eyes, kind of like a golden streak, that could be a definite influence from Andromeda. And then you might notice things like you have information of mathematics, you might have memories or dreams where you're flying on a ship. These are not dreams, it can feel like dreams. And sometimes that just means you're experiencing a connection communication with Andromeda and bringing that information onto the earth. People with really light, light eyes, this is super general, are oftentimes very like new to the earth plane. They can also very blue, blue eyes can often carry a trait that allows them to be seers throughout ancient history. The moon eyes, the very light blue eyes had an ability to see things. So there's so many different things that we can see are just clues. They're just clues that are set up so that we can use these clues and look deeper into ourselves. Like I'll give you the other list because I'm sure people will be curious, but a lot of people that are contacted or have a lot of connection with the Pleiadian star systems will develop a really obvious ring around their pupil. It's kind of like this golden crown around their pupil. Um, and that generally means either they're from, they're incarnated from the Pleiades or they're carrying vital information from there. And then if you have little sparks of light that show up in your eye, sometimes later in your life, that can often be a telltale sign that you're being communicated with from Arcturus. You can even go into your blood types. I mean, because we're all basically on this road to kind of uncover who we really are, because that's really the meaning of life. I mean, you don't have to use these little signs, but you know, we're supposed to really question ourselves and try to find out more about who we really are. Every day, ask yourself, yep. who am I? You know, and you should, I mean, because otherwise, I mean, the, this world is designed and engineered to distract us from who we are. So if we constantly ask ourselves that question, it's just a nice tool. And it's a nice way to remember and keep yourself on track, I think. Totally. It, even like, you know, people always ask about the RH negative, you know, blood. A lot of times they have greenish eyes and they have astigmatism. And the reason is because they actually have an ability to see into different dimensions. The RH negative blood is considered the gift of the stars, like the symbolization that the hybridization program worked. And they carry within their DNA certain genetic um, abilities that other people don't have. Wow. Aaron, were you going to say something a minute ago or not? I thought I saw you getting ready to say something. Um, I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's okay. It's all good. Uh, I'm, I'm amazed that you uh, retain all this information, like just like that. It's it's actually beautiful. And uh, there's no way I could remember the checklist of each eye and which star system they're connected to and all that stuff. So obviously you've been doing this for quite some time. And so that, that brings me to my next question. Like, is is this like a current theme that comes up through each session and it just over and over again? And that's why you remember it, because you've just heard yeah. it so many times. I keep hearing it like on a daily basis. So there will be themes that come up and, you know, I can't possibly remember the other themes 
will you know be lost <laughs> in my memory but this these are the most current themes like the up-to-date latest stuff that seems to be coming through qhht sessions for people on hypnosis where the higher self keeps telling my clients to start being curious about themselves so that's why they've they keep repeating different genetic markers because the higher self has said that if you can use any type of clue and then just start asking questions, just like you said, it can help you kind of go deeper into yourself. Mm -hmm. So obviously we know this is an information war. So how mm -hmm. much can you, a hunt, can you trust a hundred percent of the time what is coming through the client? No. So this is what I do. This is how I do my research. So for um, my paying clients, it's different, but I, do a lot of work with um, with clients. I guess you would call them hypnosis subjects. It's how I write my books. So in general, I usually use about five or six hypnosis subjects while I'm working on a project and they can never meet each other and they can't know what each other says. And in that way, I can validate this information. But the higher consciousness has a interesting energy to it. I don't know if you've ever listened to QHHT session, but you can feel the energy. I mean, you can tell right away if it is the higher consciousness. I think it would be akin to like, if you listen to someone channeling and then you know, wow, they are really channeling. Mm -hmm. It feels kind of like that. The, the higher consciousness has such a different perspective and it's coming from such a strong place of love that it's impossible not to feel it. Yeah, I've I've had yeah, a number of QHHT sessions, and the very first one I had uh, when the higher it was a girl here in St. Louis who also was trained by Dolores Cannon personally. She knew her, and um, when the higher self self came through at the end, she explained to me afterwards that one indication she knows that it's the higher self actually coming through is the breath. Your breath changes, and she I, she couldn't really describe it, but she knew what to look for. And it was an indicator for her that the, the higher self was truly coming through. I love that because that is a good indicator. So that's fantastic that she noticed that. So in that part of the regression, I think, you know, Dolores Cannon talked about like miraculous healings and things of that nature. Does that, mm -hmm. is that something that occurs through your sessions as well? Well, the healing is super easy right now because once you get the message, whatever the message is that your body is sending, it can instantly be released and healed if you if you can fully listen to yourself. So once you find out, like say, say you have like a right hand of uh, pain or something, most of the time it's like holding on too tightly to something happening right now. If you could get to the very root cause, you get the message that your body is sending, there's no need for the message. That's why um, QHHT is so popular because people are healing themselves so easily right now. There was like this shift in consciousness like in 2012. So I started doing this in 2009 and there was a huge difference in my clients' minds in 2009 and say 2012, where people are kind of merging with their higher consciousness, so to speak. So it's easier to get these messages, whereas, and make these changes it's so easy these days. Whereas back in the day, it was harder. It was like a, the people would be a lot deeper or feel deeper, but now you can be in these deep states of consciousness while feeling very awake and aware. 
that has yeah. to do with the energies we're moving into and the activation of the DNA oh, yeah. and the soul. I think, you know, the, just we're overall in general, we're, we're existing. The collective consciousness is existing in a higher frequency than let's say 2009. So it makes sense that everyone's just mm -hmm. in a different collective place right now. Right. Definitely. Um, what were you going to say? Oh, something? real quick. Yeah. Hello? So, um, so Dolores, you know, as you know, she would talk about the earth split, right. All the time. And that one's going to stay in 3d and the other is moving up to 5d. And, um, she would talk about how that would, cause people would ask, well, what is that going to look like? Is everyone just going to like disappear all of a sudden? And then we're just going to appear in this other place or what, how is that going to manifest? And she's like, no, it's going to be gradual. It's going to be very, it's going to be gradual. It's not going to just be like on a flip of a switch, but she's like, the, all the people that are resonating on a lower frequency, if you're at this higher frequency, eventually, like right now, we're all kind of still perceiving each other, even though we're technically all on those two separate, I guess you could call them timelines. Uh, but at some point, the split's going to be full. And then it's like, you're just not going to, I don't know, like she was, she was kind of like vague of how it was going to play out. But like, she's like, yeah, you're just going to stop perceiving them at some point there's not going to be around anymore so what what comes through with your sessions as far as like how that's going to play out exactly so the higher self has said we're actually on a different earth than we started so you're constantly changing um your your reality constantly so mm. it according to the higher self it will be like that the more you're on a certain timeline there will come a definite split in these timelines after this nexus point so they say that the nexus point could be something like um even the comet is like a potential nexus point if the tail of the comet comet interacts with the sun if it goes in front of the sun and weakens the sun so that it the sun um all of a sudden sends off this massive like uh uh solar reaction what will happen is it might in turn weaken our toroidal field and bring down the veil for a little while. And then everyone will see that we are multidimensional and they'll see more of reality. It will be a lot harder for people that are not like into any of this stuff or had never mm -hmm. really worked on them on themselves. Yeah. And then after that nexus point, the distinct timelines will emerge. This is what I've heard is the most likely uh, prediction, you know, not, not the comet per se, but that a nexus point will happen. But I mean, you can't do this wrong. So when I asked the higher self, why do people want to be in this negative polarity? They explained it like this, like they said, so when you pass, like when I take my clients and they go to the in-between after they die, they can tell that they are God you know that again. So after you've had your life, you're like, oh yeah, God, man, I, I wish I knew that before. So then you, you go to have this experience so that you can learn that you're God or have this separate experience. Because when you're in the physical body, you pretend to have all these limitations that aren't even real. Mm -hmm. Like, but there's a reason for that because you're God already, you're always God. So you want to have this experience of separation and pretend like your individual one that's not true. So the people that really want to pretend or really want to experience a separation, 
they've chosen that they want that separation because they know deep down on some level that they're God. So they want to have the separation. They don't want the awakening because mm -hmm. when they pass, they're going to know their God again. And they want to have this full experience of being in a human body and being <laughs> having all these limitations. So you can't right. do this wrong. And a lot of times the negativity serves such a huge purpose because it's, if you think about the people that bother you the most in your life or the things you see, they're triggers. They're like placed strategically as triggers to help the growth and evolution of the human consciousness. So on this earth planet, there's a realm of duality. And that's one of the laws you have to abide by when you come in onto this earth um, realm, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And it's important well. to, it's important to remember, like you just said, like we in essence a long time ago if we want to look at time linearly linearly time isn't right but if we if we want really yeah right not. but if we want to look at it like that we created this reality to experience limitation like you said and that's mm. something that we have to remind remind ourselves and solidified within those belief systems are you know distance and separation and and things that are so solidified uh, you know that's why Space travel seems impossible because we've solidified that belief of that distance when it's really right next to us in another frequency. Yeah, it really is. But we've wanted to have this experience. And also this is an experiment. So there's like councils that watch every move that you're making. And right. they have like conferences that go over our progress. I mean, it's all like watching Earth right now. Everybody wants to know how humanity or how human can go from being in such a low negative vibration to being so to moving up in their frequency and their consciousness and belief system to regaining who they really are. So this is like a huge game, but also everyone's one wanting to watch kind of like a football game. Yeah. yeah, right. And we're just the players, you know, we're all like what Dolores said, it's a big play, you know, everyone realizes it's yeah. a big play. So going back to um, the information war aspect of this, and I think I already know the answer to this, but I'm going to ask anyway, you know, the higher self comes through at the end of the session, but do ETs come through and use the client to speak through? Like, can, can they speak through a client um, or is it always just the client's subconscious mind? It's, you know, ET started doing this through um, my clients in 2018. And I didn't really know what was happening at first. I thought, um, I thought it could be the subconscious mind, but over a period of years, I started to realize that they use kind of like my clients as like a radio. And also there's so many other versions of ourselves. So there's other extraterrestrial versions of, of everyone that can speak through to this version, you know, um, if you kind of wanted to bridge that gap and experience that type of communication. But yeah, that's how I find out about like the grays or because the grays have come through multiple clients to ex explain like even just their life, like what it's like, what they're doing with humanity, um, how mm. they, you know, how they run things. And then other different extraterrestrial races have come through sharing information too, because they know, or they've said that they um, can use me kind of like a messenger. <laughs> Right. So they can use me and send this information into the collective for the people looking for it. Right. Yeah. I was just wondering if like 
anyone's tried to hijack a session you know if there's been like a negative et coming through and you can just tell like the information was off well i've had the higher self or like a collective stop the session and say that i was getting too close to um secret information and they wouldn't let the session go further they actually decided to show my client something else because i was investigating information about the sphinx and apparently i was getting too close to information that humanity's not ready for because they know i'm going to share everything so yeah. they said there's some stuff that they can't release yet but i've never had anything negative come through a session because the client has so much protection i mean you know that state when you wake up in the morning and you're in this blissful state and you still have access to your dream you're more in alignment with your divine self. So when you're in alignment or in a hypnosis session, you feel extremely powerful and protected. So I've never, ever had like a negative entity um, try to come in because the person is so extremely powerful and they're just remembering how powerful they are in these type of sessions. Right. And that's great. I'm glad you said that because I the reason I asked is I want to take, I know a lot of people that are actually scared to go under hypnosis, like they outright, downright refuse. Um, so if you take some of the fear out of it and help people understand that it's safe, and obviously like there are practitioners out there that might not know exactly what they're doing. They might not be as, as trained as you are. And there's different modalities. And sometimes, you know, we've heard stories where it might not be safe. So I guess it's just important to understand that there are people like you and places to go where it is safe. And I, I just, you know, I don't know if everyone should go in for a past life regression. Like, do you think that's something that everyone should do or just like if you're called for it? Well, I think anyone should trust their intuition. If they feel afraid, then, you know, follow your gut instinct, follow your intuition. But it can be so profound and healing for a person to really look into themselves but you don't even have to find a practitioner. You can try to do this yourself and explore. I mean, when you wake up in the morning and you know you still have access to your dream, try to prolong that state. That's the deep theta state. See if you can start to learn to prolong it and see what kind of information comes to you during that state and write down quickly because it'll just fade right out of your mind as soon as you fully wake up. Mm -hmm. So you want to like have a journal with you. But, you know, I've never known it to be um, unsafe, but to take the, you know, to demystify it, it literally is just that state that you go into as you're falling asleep. It's a very blissful state. All you're doing is quieting your mind. There's a whole world underneath your conscious mind. For centuries, you know, religion has tried to stop uh, people from really getting into the state because when you do start to access this state, you start to realize the truth about who you really are and you start to release fear. And when you release fear, you can't be as easily controlled. And so that's right, not right. a good thing. So there was a lot of like um, momentum to try to stop people from meditating. There's certain religions that are fully against hypnosis. And there's a reason if you look into the history of why they're against it, you can see that it traces back to control and fear. Right. It's exactly. demonized along with, you yeah. know, everything else and, uh, the caffeinate. So you can't meditate thing, you know, yeah. like, I, I, like caffeine is a drug and like the entire world is hooked on it. Right. And, and I mean, including myself, like I like my caffeine, but I do yeah. think there's something to that. 
I do think there's something to um, being caffeinated all the time. It, it stops you or it makes it more difficult to drop down into that meditative state. Yeah, if you just look at society's programming as to like what they're feeding you, you can basically see, um, just do the opposite. Right. <laughs> they, they do do the opposite and yeah. you'll be on point. Right. Almost yeah. So let's talk about the Avalonian souls that I heard you mention on a recent video um, connected to the Fae, the fairy realm, and what information came through. I, th I found that very fascinating, and I don't even know personally. I didn't know what an Avalonian soul was, so maybe you could help our audience understand. So basically, there was this ancient civilization. Um, it's pretty much in Europe. And it's extremely ancient. It was even some trace back to before Atlantis. So during the time of this ancient civilization, there were other beings from other realms that were visible to all. So there were just um, many different beings that you would call like the fairy realm. And what's happening right now is where we finally hit a time in our evolution where it's safe to remember who you really are and it's safe to regain this information from this ancient place called Avalon. And there's some telltale signs that you can really follow to go into whether or not you are kind of connected to this. But essentially these souls that are walking the planet today are here to kind of bridge back the gap between like the little people or the fairy realm or whatever you wanna call that realm and humanity. Because for thousands and thousands of years, there's been a separation because it was too dangerous for humanity to even be able to see this fairy realm. But now as we're going into this evolution of our consciousness, we're going to be able to see them again. So there's this reason why so many people are incarnated that are very connected to this fairy realm that are here to bridge the gap. One telltale sign would be you might have anemia. Now anemia also would lead you to connect that you might have had a past life as a druid. So you might have even like the A blood type, which is another um, blood type that would allow you to tune into these ancient structures in Europe and actually activate certain parts of your DNA you don't have to have a blood type to be one of these beings, but one of these people, but you just sort of know you're very connected and you might not have anemia either. But one of the reasons for anemia is because during the time of the Druids, the Druids were reincarnations of these fairy people. And there's something about the fairy realm where they just can't handle iron. So it's in their soul DNA to not be able to handle iron so once you understand that this was just a clue you can go about releasing it you don't need to have this message anymore if it fits for you and you can release that some of the very newest waves of souls were born um, um from 2013 and younger now these are are a lot of souls that actually can very easily see the fairy realm and the reason why they came in uh 2013 and younger like many new children are part of the this group is because they decided to wait until the evolution of consciousness in 2012 and 2013 is like a sign so like friday the 13th there's all these different clues all these different signs because this is a game so if you um, find yourself connected to 13 or you're anemic 
or you know you feel connection to the fairy realm or you have a child that was born 2013 and younger then there's a reason why you know you're listening to this and you can try to release um whatever uh anemia or issue you have if it was just a clue right and that's fascinating was it margie k Aaron that was talking about the anemic people being connected to the fairy realm somebody we interviewed recently also mentioned that I think it was yeah it and uh it's just interesting to hear it come up again and there's mm -hmm. definitely has to be something to it and you know i i agree like 2013 and younger my niece who's five years old she has a fairy garden fairy everything and she you talk to her like She's matter-of-factly convinced. She will tell you she sees fairies and fairies are real. And, you know, in her realm, in her world, like fairies exist. The bottom line, you know, you're not going to tell her that they don't. And it's really but interesting. Them. Yeah. Well, it might be her role, her job to help bridge this gap. That's one of the reasons why so many of these souls decided to wait and come in now, because we're finally at a point in time where we're not going to be killed about this anymore. Right. It's it, safe. It, it's safer now. Yeah, it's safer. Now. Yeah, safer. At least. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's something that's happening even with the like the modern like mainstream UFO disclosure, even though it's very, very surface level. What is changing just by nature of that is our children are being born into a world where we're not alone anymore. So it does take away mm -hmm. the fear to talk about it because now you're you know, inevitably you're gonna start hearing at a young age that aliens exist, right? And that mm -hmm. these elementals exist and everything's real instead of being told that you're crazy. So it's a right. big, it's a big, I know it's very surface level, but it's actually a big change. It's a big step thrown, forward. Thrown in a mental institution, yes. which yeah. used right. to happen a lot. People, they would just right. be like, oh, you're crazy. You need to be thrown in a mental institution. Um, right. Well, now as more and more and more people are like, oh yeah, this is a thing. Like ETs are real and, um, you know, some of them are interacting with us it's more accepted not obviously not everyone is you know but um you're not gonna you might get labeled crazy by some people but it's it's way more accepted now than it's ever been i mean even like 30 25 30 years ago compared to now it's like night and day yeah you know it's come a long way really quickly like even my client, Jen, it was, she tried to do, um, to uncover information about Atlantis and Lemuria before and extraterrestrials. And she was lobotomized and this was the seventies. It's really? not that long ago. Oh my so, God. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So going, you know, speaking of these older civilizations, uh, advanced civilizations, are you familiar with Tartaria? I've heard of it. It hasn't come up recently in a session, so I really don't know much about it has it ever come up in a session is this the um civilization that like if you look at the toroidal field of the earth it's outside of what you see on a map is it that is it yeah. that apparently yeah there's like more land and all this stuff but it's it's supposed to be this like high culture this advanced civilization that existed very recently that's been wiped out from our memory but they're so not talking about atlantis like after atlantis times. after atlantis yeah but it's connected to atlantis right, right? exactly yeah. Like, yeah well it, it could be potentially or could be potentially but either way i didn't it's it, it's a whole rabbit hole and we're actually researching for a webinar right now but I, that's why i was curious if anything had come up but because it doesn't seem to come up a lot through hypnosis i've asked somebody else before and they, they said no 
I, you know, I've never, it's, I'm ne it's never come up directly to me, but you know, I can always ask. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Put that on your list. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. Do you ever, I know like from my own experience, like I created a list of questions to give to the practitioner for the higher self at the end of the session. Uh, do you ever add your own questions, ask your own questions? Not for paying clients, but for my hypnosis subjects, I have like a full list and we do like a trade. So they ask their questions. I ask mine and it's strictly like us trying to find information because usually when I'm working with my paying clients, I'll know right away if I get like a really good hypnosis subject. So I'll ask them if they'll do a trade with me and be part of this project. I don't charge them at all to work with them. And I try my best to help them heal anything in their life, you know, as a, as a thank you for working with me. And I try to get five or six of them. And then I try to get my information because in that way, I feel like I'm, I can validate it because if I just had one person say something, how do I know this is true? And that's, that's happened before. And so I just don't feel like I can use it. You know, I need to have it validated multiple times and there could be some conscious mind interference and I wasn't aware, you know, so that's why I like to work with at least five or six. Right. I agree. I think I asked you that earlier. Like, is there a consistency in the, you know, information um, because otherwise that's the only information I share. Yeah. Otherwise I wouldn't share it. Yeah. That's, that's a healthy practice. I agree with that. And you only do in person, right? You don't do this remotely. Well, QHHT is, um, done in person right now. Okay. But I other mean... modalities can be online. Oh, okay. I see. But what you do H is like kind of like QHHT, but it's, you can do it long right. distance, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. But what well, I'm not well, I'm not one to change things. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. No, I'm I I'm with you there. I'm a fan of like I think it needs to be in person and the Dolores, you know, the protocol right. that she created, I think is I've done she comes that. through. Does she? Go ahead. What does she she, she comes through all the time in my sessions and it's so funny because the first time she came through, I thought she was going to be like what everybody else described, like so grandmotherly, you know, and mm -hmm. she she always has like a very stern message to me. The first time it was like she told me something I did wrong. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes no she'll, yeah, I didn't write the name down of my client. She told me totally called me out. It was so <laughs> embarrassing. And then she'll come through like in the morning, sometimes right before I have to go somewhere and wake me up like a second before my alarm. Be like, hurry up. Wow. <laughs> so I've never experienced the grandmotherly feeling. Anytime she's come through, it's always been hurry up with this next book. You're done it already. Hurry up. Everyone's waiting for it. Stuff like that. You know, it's never been like, oh, you're doing such a great job, Sarah. She's a that's, stern grandmother. <laughs> that's with such you. an interesting <laughs> I've never actually thought of that, like her being connected to um, the practitioners and actually assisting oh, yeah. and guiding certain practitioners. That's very interesting. I think she assists everyone that asks for her. And I do definitely ask her, you know, questions. And I don't feel like I'm a channel or a medium whatsoever, but it's pretty undeniable when she literally touches my shoulder in the morning. I just, you know, I'm still sort of in that theta state. But she literally likes to do this before I go to conferences sometimes. So she'll just wake me up and be like, 
hurry up. And I'm thinking to myself, man, I had that extra minute. No, actually not a minute. It's like an extra second, you know, right. <laughs> like then my alarm will go off, but that's crucial in the morning. That's um, yeah. Right. <laughs> has there ever, ha, ha, can't talk. Um, has there ever been any secret space program information come through your sessions? Yeah. So horrible to hear um, when people do remember if they've been a part of this, just horrific, like stuff. Yeah, I, I can't even believe. And then the super soldier program, I mean, Oh my gosh, the stuff that they put people through is just horrific, mm -hmm. but it definitely does come through. Not a lot, but these are things that I don't think these people could have possibly known. And how would they know what the other person said? So I do believe it's actually something happening. And mm -hmm. it seems like they have technology to sometimes reverse the age of the whole family. So they can take a person and it seems like a lot of times they would take somebody who wouldn't be missed so much most of the time seems like they do this to people that are already older someone who lives alone and then they would take this person and they would be part of a program they weren't really totally knowing that they would sign up for you know so i mean when i've asked the higher self why does this happen they always say that on a level they knew that they were going to come in for this experience, but it still sounds really horrific and horrible. And it really does feel like such a um, betrayal of trust. Yeah. And that lines up with, you know, a lot of the testimonies that we hear. We've interviewed a lot of these people. I've had experiences myself and, you know, it's not great. And, you know, psychedelics, take them or leave them or wh whatever your thoughts are, or beliefs are about them. I, on a mushroom trip one time, I asked to see the secret space program. I wanted to see the mechanics of it. And it just zoomed out on earth and showed a cloud around the black cloud around the planet. And it just kept showing me the word cancer, cancer. <laughs> um, so it's, it was basically, um, I, I don't think there's any better word to describe it than cancer yeah. I, and you're the fact that you're coughing right now is verifying right that. very synchronistic <laughs> right. to that right yeah. yeah i tried to cover it up but yeah seriously because coughing's like you need to get information out you know usually yeah mm. yeah but it's not um you know anytime you're operating in secrecy you know i say it's not of anyone's best interest and these but, programs yeah. were developed under secrecy and, and through nefarious means and purposes and mm -hmm. and all you know out of the public eye which isn't and if you're doing that why you know obviously we're moving into the age of transparency so hopefully these things are shifting well yeah. i also feel sorry for the general public that doesn't have access to this information because they see this whole disclosure movement and they're like oh wow you know the government i'll be careful what i say but the government cares about us so much but really like the higher self says one they just want funding for the programs or space programs you know it's one of the the if you see disclosure in the government it's one of the reasons because yeah. they have a lot of um space programs and it's interesting that you had an experience where you remembered mm -hmm. stuff it's are um, you a super soldier then uh, no, I have no idea. Uh, you know, I'm not claiming that I was part of some, some secret space program or whatever, but I've just had things happen over the past few years. Um, 
very recently actually that's kind of like in my mind it has i'm like undeniably like the universe showed me that i was involved and uh so it wasn't anything good like the thing i remember was not good so um actually they say if you have like a memory from the secret space program that you were some hero and you're saving the day or something like that they say that's potentially a screen memory um, they want you to think that it's like some benevolent program and that it's something to be like exciting to be a part of, but it's ne not necessarily true. But I don't know if that's true. Like, I can't verify that or not. Well, they don't want people blowing the whistle on the reality of it. So if you are going to remember, they want you to just to remember, oh, it's a great thing. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Wow. And yeah. But and the saddest part is that they have all this advanced technology. So we have all this super advanced technology that we could be using to benefit the whole planet clean up the planet like we don't we don't need money we don't have to work like that's these are all just programs they keep running because of the the system that they want you know the uh and this is where you get you go down the conspiracy rabbit hole with this is the cabal or the illuminati or whatever term you want to call them the deep state um they see the rest of humanity as their slaves basically so <laughs> they want the money system and the and all of it to stay and they want the technology only the high technology only kept for them and for these types of programs and then the technology used to further enslave and control us well yeah. uh, so that's that's that group but you know so then you get you get a lot of these you know a lot of the like truther community is very um i feel like it's caught up in all the and, and understandably because if you're not at a certain place spiritually it's it's very scary to look at all this stuff and it's like oh my gosh we're screwed you know it looks like we're screwed like how could we possibly but what they don't realize is that we are so much greater than we realize and that like you were saying earlier we're actually the ones creating the reality ultimately and we like there's so much more going on here than just what you're seeing on the surface level and well it's cyclical for this negative energy that <clears throat> has attached yeah. itself to the planet We've done this so many times. We're just doing this again. We're hitting mm -hmm. a cycle again where we can move past this experience, so to speak. Right. But what we do is we collectively push this negativity kind of out of this realm. Because if you no longer have a collective fear, you can't be collectively controlled. And the right. alignment with the consciousness is going into a place of way less fear so we won't be a match, this type of negative energy. And then it will go into the cosmos, you know, go somewhere else. And then cyclically, you know, possibly we'll try it again. As it adds such a new layer of growth. But, you know, I can imagine, I feel so lucky to do what I do because I have access to so much information. I mean, I would be petrified if I didn't do what I do. I used to be in so much fear about things you know, about death, about like people trying to like attack me. But now that I have more awareness of like the nature of reality and how this is sort of like a game, like no one actually dies. You right. can't, you know, I know people say, oh, they're harvesting your soul. Well, that's sort of impossible. Like you can't really harvest no. God's soul. Like right. that was hard, but because uh, you are God. And you and they are too. That's the other crazy thing. Like, yeah, even those really, really negative beings that are doing their God too. They just have forgotten and they're lost in their own 
game. Well, they right? feed, they feed on fear. They, so, they become parasites, right? Yeah. Right. And when a realm is going through like um, a chaotic time, you're sending out more frequencies of fear. And so it becomes more of a feeding ground for these kind of beings that attach themselves and they want to create even more fear because they feed right. off of it. Right. So, you know, it's really interesting the um, depths they go to create fear. You know, right. you mentioned the soul exactly. harvesting, uh, which I agree with you. Like, it's not possible at the high, you know, it, it's not possible for where, where everything you guys just said. But I do think they're definitely experimenting with soul fragmentation. And that's kind of how the, like the programs and stuff, that's how they're utilizing or us, or they're, you know, fra just, they're fragmenting our souls and, an aspect of yourself is being put into a clone body or whatever the case right, is. Right, right. And it does yeah. sound horrible, but, and I do agree with the fact that we signed up for that because for one, if you're God before you come here, you know, like, yeah, sign me up for, sign me up for that. I can handle that shit. You know, let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> but for two, I think ultimately a lot of the people that signed up for it knew they were going to at some point get these memories back and be part of the disclosure of the programs so that darkness can surface and we can heal from that yeah. so it's transmute, actually transmute all that right too. yeah and i love that it's beautiful and i think that there is a benevolent aspect of this because you know there is duality everywhere i mean I, yeah benevolent aspect so i do think that you know, once we, once all this darkness is surfaced and purged, we might get people coming forward who have these beautiful memories of, of being part of some other like spacefaring nation or something. I don't know, but I, I wouldn't, it's not out of the realm of possibility. And then they'll feel more comfortable to do so. Like after people like you share your experience. Yeah. Yeah. I, I exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Everything, everybody has a piece of the puzzle. And every time someone speaks their truth, um, it helps someone else speak their truth. And it's just a massive ripple effect and it turns into a wave. And then next thing you know, 5D, here we are, you know? Yeah. I love that. Right. It's beautiful. Um, so let's talk about space itself. The you know, there's a whole flat earth psyop and there's all this information everywhere, overwhelmingly everywhere right now that space is fake. It doesn't exist. We've never been there. The earth is flat. We live under a dome, all this stuff, right? So it's all coming from somewhere, whether it's misinformation, whether it's from another reality, whatever the case is. Mis misinterpreting Bible verses. Yeah, misinterpretations of maps and Bible verses. In right. your experience through your sessions, has anything come up ab about space and what it actually is outer space yeah so what has come up in sessions is that it's actually more liquidy than you would um would be taught you know that so right. it's kind of like a special kind of density like a liquidy density yes. um but you know it really depends on how you render the planet whether you see it as flat or like a spherical shape it really does mostly depend on your own perception because you could so easily um see it as flat and it would be and it would be a hundred percent flat because the way that sure seems to uh show up in the consciousness is more like a troidal field mm -hmm. than like a round ball you know mm -hmm. so um i have asked about the dome but i i've gotten that 
I haven't got anything clear on that. I don't get that there's a dome per se, but I completely understand why why people would say it was flat. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I get it. I, I've I go down that rabbit hole because I'm very curious and I want to know. And and uh, I I do for one. I'm so glad you said about the liquid because uh, this book we just covered in our in our Earth webinar, uh, the Lost City of Manoa. It's actually not out in English yet, but at the end. So this guy gets taken into Atlantis. This is somebody that my friend knows. This isn't just somebody who wrote a random story. Like a friend of a friend knows this person. He he went to Columbia and he actually, um, there's a portal there where he actually found his way into. He spent 13 years looking for it. And he actually made his way into this like Atlantean outpost city that exists in another dimension. And they gave him like the history of all of the races of man on earth from the giants all the way to us. And way, way before Lumerian times and all that stuff. And then all the way, and, and they described the planet itself and space. And when they described space, they said it's more of a liquid. It's not air. They said it's yeah, actually, if you look at the moon, you see, it's kind of like bobbing up and down. Right. So they said it's not actually air. It's more of, it's not liquid like we would know liquid, but it's a type right. of liquid. Is it like a pla like a plasma? Like a liquid type of oxygen, so to speak, yeah, but it's but, but it's dense. So this this also comes into play now where so these flat earthers, this is one of the arguments. When they zoom in on a star with a telescope, it appears like there's this ripple effect. And they're saying like there's water on the other side of the dome. It's water and like all the science and everything. It looks even myself, like I can't deny the fact that it does. They're they're right. It looks like water. So if space actually is some sort of a liquid and not air. It would make a lot of sense why astronauts train underwater, um, why they were using the space program was using submarines for their first spacecraft. Um, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, actually. And yeah. and people uh, have talked about seeing like these um, like whales and these squid and all these like etheric beings in space. Well, it's like a big ocean. So <laughs> I don't know. That's it's just something to think about. I don't think it's water like the water we have on the planet, but it mm -hmm. might be water-ish like in some other yeah. way. Yeah. I think it's a different density. Yeah. It's like right. just like a different density. But right. it's so interesting because it would like especially the shape could totally change. Like I understand why people call it a flat earth. I do. And I understand, you know, why they would say it's round. I do. It's really interesting. I think that it's just like um, timelines. There's no one right uh, timeline. Right. Depends on how you render things. Yeah. And uh, we interviewed Ivan Teller a long time ago as a channeler. And I asked while he was channeling, like an Arcturian being, I asked about the flat earth and they said, well, there's other universes where there's like a cube earth, like a cube planet, and they can't perceive a round planet. Like they just can't perceive a planet being round. It just depends on like where you're from. So it's interesting. It's, it's an interesting subject and it's coming up more and more. And I think it's coming up for a reason because ultimately reality isn't exactly what we've been taught. And there's so much more that we have to learn and discover and things are happening that we can't explain. So people are trying to come up with an explanation for it. Yeah. And basically, right. once you start working on yourself, it's like you notice that you become part of an initiation process. So what happens is the more you look into yourself, the universe responds by being curious about you because 
the universe is a reflection of our internal world. So the universe starts to become aware and, and curious about you. And then you become part of this initiation process where you start to see like repeating numbers, really weird, like what you were talking about, weird things you might not be able to, to deny start happening. And it's like just part of this experience, this awakening, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I agree. Mm -hmm. uh, I just wanted, I wanted to ask about um, what, what information, I mean, this is a big subject, obviously, but like, what, what have you gotten on Atlantis and Lemuria, like how those civilizations existed and, and what happened to, with the downfall of, uh, of them? So I was never really interested in Atlantis or Lemuria whatsoever, but I um, was wanted to take the level three QHHT class, which is the master level class. So I needed a volunteer on the spot. And I asked one of my friends who I'd been friends with for over 10 years, if she would just be my volunteer. And I regretted it because I knew she wasn't into any of this stuff. And mm -hmm. so I was like, Man, why didn't I ask one of my open friends? But when I regressed her, and this is somebody that was just not open to this information. She was actually a teacher at the kids' school. She was a science teacher. So she wasn't into Atlantis. I regressed her and she remembered in detail, like in so many detail, this lifetime in Lemuria. And so she remembered in full detail that Lemuria was in the South Pacific and it was this matriarchal society. And then she realized that these visitors kept showing up and they were humans, but they were very advanced and they wanted something from the Lemurians. So when they couldn't get it, they took her as a prisoner and she spent 60 years as a prisoner in this really advanced society. So we came to understand that these two societies were Atlantis and Lemuria. So I took her through that lifetime and I asked her, I asked the higher self, why'd you show her this? And through her subconscious, she said, well, the two of us had decided to uncover this information and share it with the world that the world had been waiting for thousands and thousands of years for this information. But the two of us decided we would do this again. We've tried so many times, but we've hit a great point where we can share this information again. And she was suffering from this brain condition. So I asked the higher self, what is the very root cause of this brain condition? And they said the root cause was to get her to see me, which was true. She would have never gotten this session. Wow. So they healed her brain condition. She was working really closely with a team of specialists at the University of Miami, and she healed herself. But then they told us they wanted us to recount this, this information, go from the very beginning of these civilizations and share it with the world that people were waiting for this information. So I published my first book, A Hypnotist Journey to Atlantis, and the higher self said, put all this information into a book and we will share it for you. Well, I self-published on myself on Amazon. No one knew about me, but the very first day I published this information that apparently was so important to humanity, which, you know, I didn't write these, I don't write these books. It like sold so many copies and was number one on Amazon, but I didn't understand how that was possible because I didn't advertise it. And then it stayed wow. number one. And then weeks later, I started hearing feedback that people were healing themselves just from reading these books that it would trigger their memories. Or they like one person like 
totally healed her eyesight. And then somebody else healed like her back. Someone healed like a persistent cough she'd had since childhood. And it was really interesting. So the higher self like really wanted this information to go out. Apparently, um, the crystals in Atlantis were malfunct they malfunctioned, so to speak. And there was a huge, massive explosion that many people can recount under hypnosis being a mm -hmm. part of these last days. So basically, most of the people walking the planet, you know, right now have had a memory, whether that's an imprinted memory or an actual past life memory where they remember if they go under hypnosis, being a part of Atlantis and Lemuria and the final days. And the reason for that is the way this universe works that is that if you haven't filled if you haven't fulfilled your mission in a lifetime you you're you have a very strong desire to complete it well there's so much karma and so much um destruction and these life plans to account for that we all got together and decided that this would be the best time to trigger ourselves to move past this experience. So, so many of us have these deep memories of being parts of these ancient times and they wonder why they're so triggered by current events, but it's because on some level, we kind of have the sense that we've done something similar before, only this time we're supposed to move past it. And that's one of the reasons why it's happening right now. Mm-hmm. I beautifully yeah, said. I agree, yes. and it, totally it, like, agree. how many times have we heard this is a repeat of Atlantis? You know, except yeah. this time around, we're going through an awakening, and and mm -hmm. like there's there's an it's a completely different scenario. And if you really dive into Atlantis, a lot of those they they were very advanced, but that's what happened. Their technology, they advanced the, their technology out. It surpassed their spirituality, even though they were an advanced race spiritually they were in their ego and they were yeah. like an the ego leaders driven. of atlantis became like egomaniacs basically right. and all and greedy and all power hungry and, and they misused the technology and that's what and you said the crystals like malfunction caused an explosion because they were they were like misusing the technology and, and they were warring with the lemurians is that correct is it has that come through well like there's a lot more to it but i notice if i talk about it the videos get removed so oh really there's stuff i can't say wow. Very it's on youtube really that's yeah. that actually intrigues me even more because you'd think they wouldn't care you know what, what's the difference if we're learning about something that was so long ago well, well you're really well, there's a lot of there's a lot of current signs and stuff like that so mm -hmm current signs as far as like 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 stuff doing... happening like stuff happening currently uh, that that mirrors what was happening yeah right? yeah that okay. mirrors so if yeah. you talk about it it kind of like foils their plan well yeah yeah <laughs> okay. yeah man we're just gonna <laughs> end this recording this. now so i can ask you these questions <laughs> uh right um no but that was a great explanation do you do you cover any of that in the book? What you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I and I was sharing it, and then I would notice that they would all all get take, taken down. I mean, if you read the book, you'll you'll see why. I mean, there's stuff I probably yeah. should have not I'm, said. I'm gonna have to go order that. Um. So you just have two books: the the Atlantis and the Sphinx one. 
No, I have three books. Um, right. My latest is A Hypnotist Journey from the Trail to the Star People, which is uh, chronicling the life of a Native American man who came through my client under hypnosis to share um, his firsthand perspective of walking the trail of tears. But what so what was so fascinating is how I really put into perspective kind of like this negative energy and why what we're doing here, why we're all reincarnations of all these different groups and their connection with the star people. So it's really interesting. It sounds like it. Yeah. Very interesting. I'm thinking, and I'm and this to get is, that one too. And this is all through client, through sessions is where this information comes from through the higher self. Yeah, I only um, get my information through sessions. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, where can people find your books? And I know you have a website, but let our audience know how they can find you and where they can get your books, please. You can find all the Hypnotist Journey books um, on Amazon. So I, I wrote all the Hypnotist Journey books. And um, you can go to my website, uh, theholistichypnotist.com. And um, you can look under upcoming events because I don't have any sessions available. But as soon as I put one up, it's gone. So, I mean, I have workshops yeah. now that I love doing. They're so amazing. I find that they can be very healing for people to be around like-minded individuals. And I do um, three days of past life regressions and just really deep inner healing uh, work with people so they can find out who they are and heal themselves. That's beautiful. And how awesome. is there a workshop coming up? Yeah, I, I, uh, the latest one in January sold out like really quickly, but I just posted one, um, for March. So, and where is this, is this a virtual workshop or is it? No, it's so much more healing to be around other people. And some of these people have even moved in together. It's great for people to kind of like become a tribe again with like-minded people. So many people feel that the one thing that they're missing is other like-minded people. So I find it's really special to get like 20 people together like this. Is there 20? There's only, it's a very intimate group. It's only 20 people. And it, the one that's coming up in March is in the Florida Keys. That sounds fabulous. That sounds amazing. <laughs> Well, everyone who's listening, if you feel compelled to go join the workshop, the link is below to her website. Go sign up. Um, thank you so much for joining us. This has been fantastic. Uh, we covered a lot of ground and uh, you're a wealth of information. And, and I think it's amazing that you retain it all and you can share it so easily. You're obviously, you know, on your mission and it's very apparent. So uh, thank you for everything. Thanks so much for having me, guys. Yeah, this was great. Yeah, of course. Um, thank you. Um, thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, thank you for joining us. Don't forget, if your name is Brenda, you have won a ticket to our conference next year. Uh, please look, check your email and confirm that you got it. And if you can't use the ticket, we'll move on to the next, uh, the runner up. So um, tickets for the conference are still available. And there's an early bird special that ends on midnight on Black Friday. And you get uh, a free t-shirt with that ticket as well. And all that information is at rebelsofdisclosure.com. The live stream ticket is also on sale at an early bird price as well until Black Friday. So take advantage of that. We can't wait to see you guys there. And uh, that being said, we're going to go ahead and wrap this up. We love you all. Have a great evening. Good night. A lot of this information has been kept uh, uh, sort of locked up or kept undercover because of the invasion 
of the Smithsonian Group way back in the 1880s. What actually happens is it's not taken to preserve it, it's taken to hide it. And um, about four and a half miles from here, a cave was discovered. It's not really a cave as such, it's a man-made cavern system. But how the hell do you get that much granite? Because the granite on the base of that damn near weighs what the dirt on the top of it weighs. Nobody knows what's underneath it. I've heard a theory that there's a spaceship underneath it. There was copper and steel plated artifacts that depicted men in armor with shields and helmets. Including right here at Cahokia, there were reported two giants with double rows of teeth and six fingers and six toes. Extra vertebrae or extra ribs in their cage. These are different races of people. They're not just regular humans definitely is a stone burial chamber and there's a large body in it of bones I would say 15 to 16 feet. I saw different types of extraterrestrials here with the Native Americans. The peoples of the Cahokia Mounds actually saw the Birdman as some kind of cosmic being and not a humanoid being. So this Birdman was the last and the pure and the true of his kind. So yes, there are, there were rituals or there were dances and celebrations and people would dress up like the galactic beings that were visiting, um, but there were actual physical galactic beings that were visiting. 